Survivor is about to reinvent the way the game is played. Survivor Edge of Extinction premieres Wednesday, February 20th. <laughs> we are back this is on the island a podcast about survivor where we talk to survivors talk about survivor and talk about survivors with survivors <laughs> <laughs> and i am taylor Gaines, your host for a few years now how long have we been doing this ty that's crazy to say it's a few years like i just remember sitting around one mic in a living room like three years ago there's four of us and and we've come a long way yeah you sent me i think it was like a facebook memory recently or something the picture of you levi and i sitting around my kitchen table at my apartment with the one mic and you could see the microphone box in the picture because i used to store the microphone inside of the cardboard box that it came in Uh, good times, simpler times. But let me introduce you because it's a new season and I already said my name and people need to know who you are. He got voted out, but he chose not to leave. It's Tyler B. Commons. I did. I didn't know whether I should go left and talk to Dr. Joe or go to some random desert island with a crashed ship. So I followed my heart. I went with the ship and I'm ready to talk about season 38 Edge of Extinction. <laughs> this is how I know we're podcasting professionals. I had to run across the room and get a tissue, and Ty vamped for me just long enough for me to get back to my chair. <laughs> Ty, we're back. Season 38, even though I wrote 37 on my notes. Edge of Extinction. This theme, <laughs> we don't know much about it. I'll get into it briefly, but I do want to say we're going to talk about all 18 castaways. The four, I said 20 on last week's episode because I just assumed it was 20, I think, but it is 18. It's four returners and 14 new people nine nine humans on each tribe no animals and we're going to talk about all of them we're going to give our final three picks and our winner picks but first we'll talk about the little we know about the theme which we've mentioned briefly on the show already in our interview with carl boudreau from last season david versus goliath go back and listen to that great interview very honest straightforward guy and our State of Survivor episode last week with Reality Blurred's Andy Dennert. Go check that out. Short little episode. Taking stock of where the show stands heading into its 38th season and almost 20th year. We're not far off. The show debuted in May 2000. So next year's going to be an exciting year. They're going to hit the 40th season and they're going to hit their 20th anniversary at the same time. But Ty, all we know, as I just alluded to in the intro about Edge of Extinction, is if you get voted out, You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. You can go live on, I don't know what it's called yet. I guess Edge of Extinction. I keep wanting to say Extinction Island. It it is Extinction Island. Jeff did an interview with a Hollywood reporter where he gave out very vague details, but I can confirm Extinction Island does exist. Yeah, and we don't even really know what it means at this point. It's like a place where people who are voted off can go and wait for a chance to get back into the game. We don't know any of the details of what that means or how that will play out, but the opportunities they will have to come back will apparently be at the halfway point and at the end. Yeah, it's it's a it's such a weird twist because I don't 
know what's going to be on Extinction Island. Jeff alluded to you have to literally earn everything you get if you choose to go to Extinction Island. So it doesn't sound like they're just going to kind of sit there and have rice handed to them and have not a life of luxury, obviously, but they are going to have to work to stay in the game. It's going to be very difficult. Are they going to compete in challenges every week? No. Are they going to have to vote people out and blindside and work the social game? No. But it's it's a very interesting twist, and I'm not sure whether I like it or not. It it has potential, I, I think much more so than Ghost Island, but I'm not sure. I'm nervous about it for reasons I talked about on last week's episode in that I just don't like taking screen time away from castaways for like random stuff like this. But at the same time, maybe if the cast is really good, it'll be exciting to truly have, you know, all 18 people in our lives for 13 full weeks. Like that could be something survivors never really done before. We could really get to know the full cast across the entire season, which I think is a good transition to talk about the cast because those really are all the details we know other than that the production team made Extinction Island look like a shipwreck with stuff sticking out of the sand and whatnot. You can go look at pictures of that on The Hollywood Reporter. And for whatever reason, that's all the detail they've given out at this point. So you want to get into our cast breakdown? I'll actually read that quote I alluded to earlier. <laughs> Sorry. It's not Redemption Island. It's not Exile. It's not the outcast twist from Survivor Pearl Islands. It's truly a situation where you're going somewhere where tribe life as you knew it on the island will seem wonderful. <laughs> Sounds shocking to me and partially not true. <laughs> because on Extinction, you'll have to work for everything. And with no certainty that you will get back in the game, it comes down to one question. How badly do you want this? How far will you want to push yourself? How curious are you to see what you're capable of? So, yeah, with that, I'm ready to uh, break down some tribes and see uh, what they think they're capable of. I guess the best place to start off that is with one of our returners, Joe Anglum, because he thinks he is capable of a lot, being the physical guy who survives the entire season off of his charm and brute force. And by way of introduction, I will say he is the pretty much first member of the Kama tribe, K-A-M-A. As I mentioned before, there are two tribes of nine with four total returners, two on each tribe. Joe is the first returner. If you don't remember him, he was on season 30, Worlds Apart, and season 31, Second Chance. He's listed as a multimedia artist from Ogden, Utah. My memory of him is that Jordan, we we mentioned Levi earlier, uh, (laughs) his wife was a big fan of Joe because I remember we watched this season with them and they were rooting hard for joe just because he was such a heartthrob just a teenage heartthrob young and beautiful now he's almost 30 i was gonna say he's now 29 years old apparently in a relationship with sierra don thomas Mm -hmm. he he mentioned her a lot in his interview on first one out which uh a lot of my insight into these people came from their interviews with josh wiggler on his podcast first one out he's the guy who does most of the writing for the hollywood reporter uh so if you want to hear the boring details of everyone's life you can check out his very long podcast episodes but (laughs) you'll notice there is definitely a theme that will emerge related to joe talking about his girlfriend sierra don thomas my thing about joe 
but he does mention by the way that he declined to return to the show earlier which i guess means they've asked him already is just that he's a nice likable guy but i'm not that interested in his type of character i guess i just am not into challenge beasts anymore i don't know what it is yeah and i i think his time on the show kind of ran its course because he he didn't bring a whole ton of strategy if i'm remembering correctly he was just kind of there and people wanted to be in alliance because this was kind of their uh not so loved seasons where they just had young beautiful people and uh not a whole lot of characters and i think he kind of fell into that and uh it's hard coming back especially when it's a mixed company as far as uh previous players and new players it's hard to not have a target on your back like just for that reason so i'm not i'm not super down on him but i'm also like i don't know why you would pick him of all the people to come back yeah and i don't know why you'd pick him to win either because other than the fact that he's played Survivor before, I don't know what advantages his game has in this scenario. Like, mm-hmm. he's a good physical threat and he can survive to the end, but nobody's going to want to take a returner to the end and no one's going to want to vote for someone in modern Survivor who just wins challenges. So we'll have to see if his game has evolved in his time off, what he's learned from Sierra Don Thomas, his girlfriend, <laughs> and uh, how he can capitalize off that. Someone who is just out of a relationship, according to their interview with Josh Wiggler is our second returner on the Kama tribe, a longtime favorite of the podcast, <laughs> the rightful winner of Survivor Kaurong season 32, which she refuses to discuss, by the way. She won't even mention it, she says in her interview. And a player on Survivor 34, Game Changers, Aubrey Bracco. She's back. Aubrey, you're a special lady. Always hold a place in your heart. Uh, <laughs> I am excited for her to be back. I don't know if she's going to be able to set up what she had in Kaurong, which kind of stinks because I just like the way she plays a game with determination and with the desire to like know people, but also like she's not the biggest physical threat, but she like, she just looks like she plays the game really, really hard when it comes to challenges and when it comes to like interacting with people. And, uh, I also really like that, uh, CBS asked her what she wants out there with her on the island, and one of her three things was Ty Trang. So, one of my favorite players of all time, even though I don't think he's very good at the game. She wants Ty out there. Big fan of Ty here, too. Not that he was (laughs) good at Survivor, but he was a great guy. Hard, Mm -hmm. Hard not to root for. I think she probably has learned some interesting lessons from her time on the show about perception and strategy. I could see her playing like a Sandra Diaz type returnee game where she just is kind of quietly manipulating things from the back because people don't expect that much out of her but she also sounds like she's been in los angeles a long time now Mm -hmm. like there's something about her interview that was very like this isn't even necessarily a bad thing it just was interesting to hear her go from like anxiety framed character to like now she's got this like chill california alec vibe and (laughs) I don't know if that'll play out or if she'll kind of revert to her original form, which wasn't even bad. Like, she basically outplayed everyone in that first season. So, I don't... Just something to note that I thought was interesting, that she sounds just much more... much more chill. Yeah, she grew up. She grew up a lot in the last few years. Yeah, she said she recently got out of a long-term relationship. She referenced Ariana Grande at some point, saying, thank you, next. And... She just wants to challenge herself. 
Say yes to the experience. Everything in life, good or bad, can be a gift. It's just a matter of perception. That's funny, because perceptions is what uh, Godfather Carl would not say. <laughs> For Carl, I guess, it's just a matter of perspective. <laughs> <laughs> our third member of the Kama tribe and our first newbie is 46-year-old Julie Rosenberg. Aubrey, by the way, 32. An eco-friendly toy maker from New York City. Been applying since 2001 on and off. A family woman with two kids. She says she's not super athletic. Plans on relying on her social game. And that she didn't want to plan too much before jumping into Survivor. Just wanted to let things flow. Her quote that I wrote down based off of her CBS bio was, there's no doubt I'll be out of my comfort zone every step of the way, but when I set out to do something, I become laser focused and I never give up. I may not be the strongest physical player, but I'm smart, social, and will play the game with both my brain and my heart. I've waited 18 years to do this and nothing's going to stop me from winning. I don't really have strong feelings on her, but uh, what do you think? Um, I honestly think that she's going to (laughs) struggle. I don't think she's going to be super great. Can I just say this is my favorite part of the season because you get to I get to listen to you like super criticize people before you anything happens. <laughs> I know. Well, she said she's not like a physical player at all, so I'm wondering if she's going to struggle early. She wants to be a social player, but she's also she's got the age thing going against her, which we have a a trio of 46 year olds, which I thought was um, very odd. But she just when you call yourself neurotic. I don't know that that bodes well for your chances at Survivor. So I'm not, I'm not super high on her. I would like to see her maybe um, get in an alliance with someone like Aubrey. But, y- you know, I don't really know, and I don't really feel confident that she's going to um, make it too far in this game, sadly. I think I'd probably be neurotic. But, like, I don't think you'd be neurotic in a way that, like, puts people off. Also, we we always talk about the difficulty because i'm a man <laughs> well i was gonna say we also talk about the difficulty survivor has with casting of like people getting picked off just because they're older or just because you know they're the mom and not a single person living their life like so uh, that's what i'm worried <laughs> like about said her. single person I'd... living their life as if older people aren't living their lives well they are but whatever there's just perceptions of people and i don't think you would fit the same perception as julie rosenberg or perspective. This is the episode of you digging your own grave. That's what I've decided it's going to be. Good. Let's Just do li- it. Not that every episode isn't that. <laughs> Our fourth castaway and second new person is Eric Hafeman. Don't know if I'm pronouncing that exactly right. A firefighter from Chicago who lives in California. He is confusingly identifies as a 35-year-old and is listed as a 34-year-old on the <laughs> CBS page. Apparently became a firefighter after meeting his wife because her dad was a firefighter and he somehow found his way into it. He's got two young kids and because of his great family life, he says, I feel like I've already won and I can play free. (laughs) Yeah, this is a guy that uh, I thought could really go either way because as soon as I heard fireman, all I could think of was JP, your guy that you hated from JP. Yeah, if you listen to last week's episode, by the way, that was the name I was trying to pull and could not. Yeah, I, I I did notice that. But th- this guy, Eric, could go either way for me. Um, he is strong. He is a physical threat. I like the idea of him wanting to play for the adventure, but that also scares me. Like, 
is he going to be too caught up in the drama of the show and not be able to separate himself from uh, like a terrible situation? Is he not going to be able to sit back and be like, oh, that would be stupid if I did that? And I think that's like a really strong, I want to say feature. That's not the right word. A strong characteristic for him to have. I wrote down that he seems like a nice, solid, upright firefighter guy. And if he has 10% more personality than JT or JP or whatever it was, then that'll be a victory. But he feels to me like one of those players who's really hard to predict because just by being a strong young guy, he'll probably make it like six episodes without doing anything. And it's hard to judge until we see him exactly what to expect, but probably just middle of the road for me. Mm -hmm. Similarly, we have our fifth member of the common tribe, Ron Clark. I mentioned him when we talked a couple weeks ago because he is the inspiration for a movie about his life story starring Matthew Perry. He wrote a book about becoming teacher of the year in New York City and the 55 rules that he had for his students. And essentially, from what it sounds like, his book got promoted by Oprah. And getting promoted by Oprah is like being touched by Midas, quite literally. And (laughs) his book became a bestseller just due to that. And obviously, it was made into a movie, as I mentioned. His school sounds fascinating. He talked about it a little bit in his interview, saying that they have like these innovative teaching strategies and like all these like weird Hogwarts like surprises around the school where like stairs move and creatures pop up. And uh, I don't really understand it. Ron Clark Academy in Atlanta. You can look it up if you want to know more. (laughs) But for now, as we focus on Survivor, the things that stood out to me were he's a 46 year old guy. He says that he went on the show because everyone in his life was like, you work too hard. You help other people too much. You got to do something for yourself. (laughs) which is always a weird thing to hear someone say, but he also referred to our school system as dumbed down and wussified. (laughs) Maybe you can speak to that as a high school, uh, like counselor or whatever you are, but he also described himself as very aggressive. And it sounds like that can be his downfall or his upfall. If that's a word, just like his aggressiveness and, When someone starts a charity and lives the type of life he has, which is like inspirational and done a lot of things, I got to assume he is very aggressive. And it sounds like just the dumbed down wussified thing stood out to me because it sounds like he has like strong things that he wants to say too. So he feels like he could either control things like Culpepper style or find himself out like as a sore thumb. Yeah, he seems like a guy who... (laughs) in normal everyday life is like on top of the world, but he knows exactly how things need to go. He said he's had like some obscene number of teachers, like 50,000 or something come observe his school. And like, he's starting a movement and like doing all these crazy things, but he's also like ultra competitive and a sore loser. And I wonder if that is going to be a problem if they lose the first challenge or something if he's going to be able to bounce back if things don't go his way another note i have which is super weird we always talked about or we already talked about joe 
And apparently Joe won the Price is Right Survivor Special, and Ron Clark won legit Price is Right in 2002. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how they managed to pull that off, casting casting pull a double whammy there of Price is Right winners. But uh, Well, same network, right? Uh, I think it's CBS. That sounds right. Yeah, Ron seems to me like a guy who, if things are going well for him, I think he's going to continue to make friends and things are going to go well. But if something turns south quickly, uh, I see him butting heads with a lot of his tribe mates. His passion for life rubs off on people. And with focus, he can change people's moods and get them to follow his lead. I'll use my southern charm to disarm, my big personality to entertain, and my loyal nature to disorient. My, I, I just hope that he's as much of a character as it sounds like he will be, but he also could just turn into like an abrasive, like like I said, Culpepper type guy. So definitely one of the more interesting people to watch out of the group we've read so far. Um, mm-hmm. Number six, a waitress from the Bronx, Victoria. <laughs> I apologize for your last name. Bamande? <laughs> you just bought like a sheep? <laughs> it's B-A-A-M-O-N-D-E. So there you go. Uh, she's 23 years old. She said she's been a Survivor fan since age six. Always been trying to be on Survivor. Apparently wrote in her college application essays about wanting to get on Survivor. Parentheses. Didn't get into many colleges. <laughs> <laughs> She said the she's a kindred spirit with us. She she says she thought Sebastian from Heroes Healers Hustlers was boring. And <laughs> frankly, I just kind of thought she seemed funny and strange and unique in a way no one else on this tribe really did. So I'm I'm hoping that she adds like a youthful just spark to this tribe. Yeah, she's a person who is really hard for me to get a read on. Um, obviously, I feel like there's a lack of info so far <laughs> on the castaways. But she's a waitress in the Bronx, but she was also the valedictorian of her college. So I don't know how to balance those things unless like she's just doing what she wants to and has that free spirit. Like, I'm 23. I don't have to go to my career yet. I'm just going to keep bouncing around. And I hope that's who she is. And I hope that that meshes well because... Um, like you were saying, I think she has potential to be uh, a fun person and one that I think can strategize well. I, I'm curious to see how her social game is, and I think it has potential. But I, like I said, I'm there's a distinct lack of info, but I don't have red <laughs> flags like I do on some of the other people I've talked about already. Yeah, I like her. I think at the very least she will be an entertaining player. Which is always good. Next up, from our home state, if I can call it that. (laughs) A divorce lawyer from Orlando, originally from Pensacola, Florida. Aurora McCreary, 32 years old. She said her lawyer-in experience will help because she has to usually find the truth and find the emotion and bring them to a place of reality for her clients to separate those two. And creates a safe settlement, I suppose. I don't exactly know how divorce works. Hopefully, hopefully I won't. (laughs) But she sounds very classically like a divorce lawyer, just from listening to her and reading some of her quotes. She says she's not very emotional in real life, 
very aggressive and direct. She's mean. She'll fight you. She'll argue. She said she has no family holding her back. And (laughs) I don't know if that's an exact quote, but that's what my notes say. This is an exact quote. People will hate me, but they'll respect how I play the game. Yeah, I I wrote down that uh, she had to describe herself with three words, like all these people. And she said, direct, ruthless, athletic. (laughs) I don't (laughs) think those things bode well for the modern survivor player. I mean, athletic is fine, but those people tend to go home pretty quickly nowadays. I mean, the flip side, though, is like, not to cut you off, but like, I feel like sometimes people describe themselves as like aggressive and direct and people aren't going to like me. But then as soon as the game starts, they're just like much more chill because they adjust. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if like as someone who works with people getting divorced all the time, if she'll be able to actually just adjust to conflict really quickly. Because, you know, this isn't quite the same thing because... Simone from a few seasons ago basically just came out and was just taking shots to everybody and this isn't at all like that but I remember how surprised we were when Simone on TV was like very quiet and just got along with everybody pretty much so maybe that'll happen but the impression that she seems to want to give off is like I'm gonna be an annoying character and people aren't gonna like it but I'm gonna freaking strategize (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I hope that works well for her, but I just, I'm scared. I'm scared when people say they are direct because we've had people like walk between alliances and say, oh, I heard you talking about me. And like, then it blows up in their face. And even if they're not on the chopping block, they end up on the chopping block. So I'm I'm curious to see how this uh, shakes down for her. Again, not super high on my list of, uh, my power rankings, I guess, if we're going to say that. We don't have power <laughs> rankings yet, but she she scares me more than she excites me as a player. All right, two more on the Comet Tribe. Gavin Whitson, a YMCA program director from Irwin, Tennessee, is number eight and our sixth new person, 23 years old. Fascinating backstory to coming on to Survivor. He got married two days before being flown out to Fiji. They married on the day they started dating four years earlier. And they had to, like, move up their wedding when he found out he was getting on Survivor. But they couldn't tell anyone that he was on Survivor. So they were telling people it was, like, a work thing. That And <laughs> can you imagine how pissed you would be if your friend was like, I have a work trip. I need to move my wedding. But I still want you to be in it. I, like, they'd have to be a pretty good friend for you not to bounce. <laughs> yeah, that would be a tough uh, sale to pitch. But I surprisingly liked him. I liked his... Yeah, he's um, kind of a rounded guy, I thought. I, I don't know what... Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I liked his uh, interview uh, with CBS, especially, because he had a lot of humor sprinkled in throughout it and, like, funny quips. And, like, he didn't take himself overly serious. But you can tell he really wants to play. Um, I think you'll like it. He said his inspiration is Keith Nail. And, uh, yeah, I wrote that down. <laughs> you loved you some Keith. So I, I am actually really high on this guy because he's 23. He's a program director. He, he has to work with kids and their parents, which I respect anyone that can do that considering that's my job. So, um, yeah, I'm actually really high on this kid. This was like the fourth interview of the eight, by the way, where people went on and on about their significant other. There was 
Joe in the first one and Eric the firefighter talked about his family and his wife a lot and Ron Clark talked about having to leave his husband and his dogs behind and Gavin obviously talked about getting married and stuff and it was at this point where I was just like why why is this whole season about how in love everyone is <laughs> and I was starting to get annoyed but I do like this guy too he talks about being an inside person I prefer being inside, which is a funny thing to say when you're about to go on Survivor. He says he can quote every episode of The Office. He's a Christian, but he's gonna he wants to be able to separate church and state and just play the game, I guess, which we've definitely heard before, even with people we've talked to. Mm-hmm. And he also, you talked about Keith, he described himself as a JT personality with Stephen Fishback, Stephen Fishback brains, which is a hell of a combo, if that's true. And... His quote that I wrote down was, I have this internal drive to win the show. I listen to the theme song when I shower and I dream of winning immunity. It's just a burning desire I've always had. I love this show. And to prove to my mom that I won't be voted out first, she about died when I showed her the application and said I would embarrass myself or pass out when I got hungry. You just wait, mom. (laughs) So, yeah, I like him too. And he kind of actually listening to him reminds me of Donathan almost more than anybody else. Just maybe with a little sharper like awareness not bad company keith donathan yeah donathan made it far so keith all right our final member of the comma tribe and i believe our first non-white person Mm -hmm. julia carter a medical assistant from bethesda maryland which basically means you live in dc and she said she's 25 and cbs says she's she's 24 That happened a few times in these interviews, and I'm not sure what's up with it, but we'll roll with it. Tough story, but inspirational. She wants to become... She wanted to go into the medical field because she lost her father to heart disease, a disease that disproportionately kills black men, and she said that inspired her to get into it, and now she's on scholarship at Rutgers once... Probably right now. She said, I think, once she got off the show, she was starting her scholarship at Rutgers, and... She referenced that there's only been one black female winner ever, so she wants to up that number, double it, you could say. Some would say that. Uh, It has been my dream to be on Survivor since I started watching as a kid. It started after my father died, and in a sense, it helped me survive my own challenges. I want to prove to myself I can do this. To win a million dollars is also a huge motivation. I have many student loans, and I want to be able to help my sister and mother. She reminded me of... um, what was the name of the person who was close friends with that other guy in college and the cast director like screwed it up and didn't realize they knew each other? Mm, I wish I could remember her name. I can see her face. I can see her hair. Yeah, she had like really long, beautiful hair, right? And everyone yeah. on the show always complimented her about how great her hair was. Mm-hmm. Allie. Her name was Allie. But yeah, I, I like Julia. I th- it, she just seems like she has a good head on her shoulders and is charming and smart. She, she came across so nicely in her interview, though, that, like, I don't really have a good sense of how brutal or cutthroat she can be. So I'm still a little bit wait and see on her. Yeah, she actually was one of the people who I really liked. I like her uh, backstory of, like, something deeply affected her. So she wants that to change and she wants to change she wants to do something uh she's also the first one in her family to graduate college which is like a really cool big accomplishment and i don't know why but she's just someone that strikes me as like she could be really really good at the game i hope she sticks to what she said she says she's not afraid to make risky moves and i want to see that i want to see her 
get in an alliance and then make a big move and have something on her resume, you know, if she can make the finals. And I, I am looking forward to watching her play. Yeah. So that's the Kama tribe. Joe returning, Aubrey returning, Julie, Eric. I guess as an identifier, I would say Julie, the toy maker from New York City, 46. Eric, the firefighter, Ron Clark from Ron Clark Academy, Victoria, the waitress from the Bronx, Aurora, the divorce lawyer, Gavin, the guy who got married two days before coming on the show, and Julia, the medical assistant. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with the other half of the cast, the Manu tribe. Okay, we're back. Ty, the Manu tribe consists of nine people as well, two new people, two returners, seven new people. Our returners include Kelly Wentworth. Do you remember anything about Kelly Wentworth? Uh, she is blonde, and she's played two other times. <laughs> <laughs> Second Chance, season 31, and San Juan del Sur, season 29, was her first. She's a marketing manager from Seattle, 31 years old, got married within the last year. Apparently, she's been dating the same guy every time she's been on Survivor, though, from what she was saying. Huh. It's an impressively long dating relationship. Continuing the theme of people just being in love, by the way. She doesn't like being criticized by people on the internet, so keep that in mind. (laughs) (laughs) I heard her note that. And she said after the reaction she got to her appearance on the second season, she now feels like she has nothing to prove because when she came on, people were like, who is this? Why are they bringing her back? And then she made it pretty far in the game. So now she's pretty comfortable with herself as a Survivor player. She threw up a nickname that I'm just going to store in my back pocket in case it comes in use because she said it herself. She said that people have called her went worthless, which is seems very mean, but yeah. it's also a clever wordplay, I guess. I don't know. It, it, it's probably too mean. After I said it out loud, I didn't like the way it sounded. <laughs> but that being said, I'm still just not that interested in her as a character. I, do you have any thoughts? I really don't. And I think it's because because she kind of existed before I was like super back into the show again. So I like, I'm not excited to have her on. She did make it far her second time. Um, I think one of the funniest things she said is she's into witchcraft on the weekends. So, you know, she's (laughs) funny. She seems like she's got some humor. She seems like a nice person. I do think that the four returnees all have this level of confidence that the other people don't have because and experience. they've experienced yeah. and they've yeah. gone through it. And I, I think that that might bode well for them to, if they can twist that to a positive thing, like if she can twist, look, I've done this twice, like just stick with me. I'll tell you what's going to happen. I'll tell you how's it going to go. If she can kind of take a leadership role in like a non-aggressive bull in a china shop running over everybody kind of way i think that could be really good for her that being said i really don't know and i i don't have like a huge memory of her so i don't know why she's been brought back a third time but uh, you know she she's just kind of like a person i don't have strong opinions on i have strong opinions on our other returner even though i don't know that i anticipate him going very far necessarily i mean he could i it just like watching him play last time I have a hard time picturing like a stable game from him. And that's David Wright, the TV writer from California who was on Survivor Millennials vs. Gen X season 33, which was for a long time one of our favorites of the recent seasons, perhaps David vs. Goliath. 
surpass it. We'll have to let it ruminate a little bit. But he's now 44 years old. He doesn't sound like he's changed much, at least in his self-perception. He says the three words he uses to describe himself are OCD, nervous, and paranoid. (laughs) He also does say that he has a girlfriend, though, which he described as his first since high school. Yet another member of this cast talking about their significant other. It's like, we get it, guys. You're in love. Fine. He says he's really good at making fires now. He, he, He claims that if he got into the fire making challenge at the end, he would win. Like he was very confident about that. You talked about confidence and he's going to make this crazy fake community idol and create a whole set of rules around it called the soul vote advantage where like the person who gets it is supposed to think that they have the only vote and cancel everyone else's vote. So we'll see if he can get to do something like that. I just feel like it's going to be same shit, different day with David. I think he's going to be an amazing TV character and we're going to root for him really hard. But I just don't know if he's going to be able to keep his head on straight. Yeah, I feel like when he was playing earlier, the stars just aligned and he kind of made it. Did he get sixth place or did he get third place? I can't remember. He was somewhere in that top group uh, on the last episode and... I liked David. We even talked about him last year in David vs. Goliath. Like, if we had him on, it would be the ultimate David podcast of you, me, and David talking about (laughs) David. So, uh, I like David. He was neurotic. He was kind of freaking out. He didn't handle the elements well because, I mean, the man looks like he's five foot eight, 120 pounds soaking wet. So, uh, I'm excited to have him back because he's a fun character. Um, I think if he sticks around long enough, he could be the Christian of this season. Like, I think Christian was the David of last season, if that's not overly confusing. But, you know, uh, I'm excited to have him. I'm excited to see what he can do. Yeah, he came in fourth in his season, got voted out just before the final three. Okay. So, yeah, I'm, I'm also excited to see what happens with him. And probably more so than any of the other three returners. But... That being said, let's get into our final set of new people here on the Manu tribe. Number three on the tribe and number one on the new board, Wendy Diaz, the blue-haired small business owner from California who has a necklace that <laughs> that says Big Wendy. She's 25 years old. She is probably, in a very lazy sense, the Victoria Bahamande of this tribe because... She's kind of weird and quirky and the like she says she doesn't party or drink. She likes to stay home and do karaoke by herself. I don't know if that's true, but it sounds funny anyway. Uh, she has a stuffed animal that she's had for 20 years and sleeps with to this day. She makes custom pop culture parody clothing. She says she's like six foot two, but then you look at the picture of the cast and you're like, oh, she's lying <laughs> because she's not tall. And she has a boyfriend. We get it. and apparently he really wanted to get on survivor and she did so take that she wanted to be on the show to see how tough it is but her second motivation would be the money she have she's always said she wants to be rich so she can help other people i grew up poor and i'm by no means well off now but i'm content with my life and need nothing more i could use that money to help people even in the smallest way especially my mom and people like her so like she's got like a weird quirky side and like a nice person side and she has blue hair and a necklace that says big wendy i uh, she could be good (laughs) bubbling around (laughs) she seems like a like an interesting character i almost think it's it's 
sadly too much. Like I, I really liked her. I'm just going to say, I liked that She said she really wants the money, but she doesn't want the money for like selfish reasons. She wants to help poor people or help like needy people, including her own family. I like that. She says she's a combo of Sandra Diaz and Ty, which I, I like both of those individually. I don't know what a combo is going to look like. Apparently a blue haired six foot four woman or whatever she's claims to be. She really looks like she's about five foot one, but, uh, I want her to be good, but I'm just scared that she might be a little bit too different in order to mesh with this group of people that she's with. Our next cast member, the second new guy on the Manu tribe, or new person, Rick Devins, a morning news anchor from Macon, Georgia, 33 years old. He says his personal claim to fame is his kids and then writes in all caps, but... One time there was a cat stuck high up in a tree for days and it may have died, but I did a news story and contacted folks and got him rescued. So I've got that going for me. He wanted to be a film director, but did journalism. Shout out to fellow journalism majors. But he found his way into the TV side of things, did morning news anchoring, and still does. Uh, He says he has a dad bod, that he's an Eagle Scout, good at alleviating tension. I saw some clips of him on Twitter on the news and... I liked him. I think he seems kind of fun and quirky in a news anchor kind of way where there's just like this sort of strange comedic timing and awkwardness that is charming. So I think he'll just be kind of like a cool dad. (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't super struck by him in a positive way or a negative way. Uh, I like that he said he likes to alleviate tension because God knows there can be a lot of tension out there when you throw nine strangers together on a beach. So I hope that he actually does get to play that mediator role well. I love that he's just kind of like a local morning news anchor and like, okay, tell me this. You did journalism professionally for a while. Hmm. Yes. Hmm. Did you save a cat from a tree? Like that just sounds like a fake story. Uh, that every like small news anchor or news station like at one time talks about a cat either in the sewer drain that all the people had to band together granted though tree that i worked in print journalism and we did real news so i don't know how it goes on the tv side of things wow i didn't know you could shout out all journalism majors and then bash one (laughs) within 40 seconds so you know Props to you. But yeah, Rick, he seems like he could be fun. He seems like he could stick around a lot. Uh, strangely, I think he's on a tribe that I think uh, will not ostracize him, but I could be wrong. I, I, f- I like his chances for kind of a merge yeah. right before the merge, right after the merge, somewhere in that kind of middle of the road pack. I like the chances of our fifth person on this tribe, Lauren O'Connell, the student from Waco, Texas, who graduated from Baylor seven days before coming on Survivor, 21 years old, Division I soccer player, now going to grad school at Georgetown for a master's in physiology, wants to eventually become an orthodontist. I just really liked the way she talked and her background sounds smart and diverse and athletic. And she just, she, for some, there was something about her and the way she thinks that kind of frightened me like on a parvity level of where it felt like she could come in and charm and dominate her way through the game. It's funny too. I have a note. I don't know if you'll agree with this. I wrote Ty's surely going to be in love with this girl. Oh, interesting. (laughs) 
I think it was something about the uh, combo of smartness with like D1 soccer player that I was like, oh, Ty would be, this is Ty's type. <laughs> well, I did play soccer and I do love the sport, <laughs> but uh, I I did not make it to her uh, talking interview and first went out. So I actually did not hear her speak, but reading her profile and everything she wrote or is quoted as saying, I'm not really sure how they get the interviews on CBS. She seems really naive, and that mm, scares me. She seems like those people that have like one goal, and that is, like for her, be the best Baylor soccer player I can be. Graduate yeah. on time in, phys- in physiology or something, and go to grad school. But she doesn't seem like she has a lot of bigger life experience, and she just seems like... Someone who could be left behind in conversations because, like, David Wright or Wendy or Kelly Wentworth are going to, like, talk about life they've experienced. And I I just picture her being like, well, when we were down 3-2 against Texas, our big rival game, (laughs) I had to do blah, 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 blah. And, like, it's it scares me a little bit. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. The I was impressed by how she sounded, though. I don't know that that exact scenario feels like it would happen. But to your point, I have long said that anyone who is not out of college is uninteresting. (laughs) Just as from a journalism perspective, it's because like the stories are like what you said. It's like, tell me about a challenge you've been through. It's like, well, we were down two to one in the SEC semifinal or whatever. And it's like, (laughs) okay, yeah, but... I don't know. We'll have to see that. That might be our strongest uh, difference here in the opener, just going off the little information that we have, which I I guess I should have stressed earlier is not a lot. Like we basically Mm -hmm. have heard these people talk for 10, 15 minutes or so, and I haven't even seen them other than pictures. So who knows really what to expect. I said in the episode that we've devoted to previewing and sounding smart about everything. Next up is Keith. Not the Keith you mentioned earlier, a new Keith, a 19-year-old Keith. Keith Sowell, 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 a pre-med student from Durham, North Carolina. Very positive-sounding guy. He said he works as a youth pastor even. He wants to be a surgeon. Uh, Another feel-good story, like helping his family out of a tough time. For the first time as a 19-year-old, I believe he's the third, he said he's going to be very honest about his age and wants to own it in order to downplay it. (coughs) Um... Weirdly, related to that, just listening to him talk and how fast he talks and how much he says, my fear is that he will just talk too much. Hmm. Yeah, he he's the guy who I want to be the opposite of what I was worried about with Lauren O'Connell, because I think I genuinely liked this kid. I think being a pre-med student, student <laughs> here we go, speech impediment's already starting, <laughs> being a pre-med student and he says you know he came from a disadvantaged family and he's had to work really hard for everything he's got and yes salutatorian of his class the ability to go to duke and he wants to move his family out of stagnation like i i really like the kid and i like what he's going for and i like how hard he's willing to work for things but like you said he might over talk himself out of an alliance or out of people (laughs) tolerating how much he talks but he also might go out there and just be like a scared 19-year-old kid. I don't really know. I know at 19, I probably would have been uh, scared to p- 
play with these people, but I'm I'm actually excited for him to see where he falls. That doesn't that doesn't mean I think he's going to last very long. It just means I want to see if he can last very long. Yeah, it seems like in the past not pretending your or or not owning your age has been better for people like Michael Yerger did pretty well with his like pretending he was 23 or 24 or whatever it was. Mm. That being said, it's one thing to own your age and say you're 19 years old. It's another thing to be 38 years old and call yourself the war dog. <laughs> Before I even get into it, what do you think of Dan the war dog De Silva? I could not get a big read on him. If you want just like, if I have to instantly tell you somebody, he's Tony Vel- Velches, Velchance, however you want to say his name. He, he is that, but I also from reading about him i don't think he really is that i think that he's kind of a former military guy that like he still likes to go out grab a beer and be hoorah with all his former military buddies um i did think it was funny when he talked about going through basic training like when basic training was hard and they weren't just taking anybody to send over to iraq i thought that was a really funny um note i don't know if he's on a tribe that he's gonna fit in well with I think if you put him uh, with Goliath last season, I think he would be fine. I think if you put him with Hustlers a few seasons ago, I think he would have been fine. But he just seems like he's going to be out of place. And he could totally surprise me, but he just seems like he is not someone who is built for the rest of this cast. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was joking a second ago about him having this nickname, but like as I listened to him, I was... I was somewhat impressed. Like, I felt like you talk about not having life experience. Like, this guy's lived a life. Like, you alluded to it. He started in the Army Reserves for about a year and then said that he got stupid as a kid. And then that derailed him for a little while. Then he went to ROTC in Miami, became an Army officer, then was on Army Reserve, went to Iraq in 2008, played poker full-time for two years, went to Afghanistan <laughs> in 2012. And yeah, he, he like you said, he sounds like a guy who would go grab a beer and hang out and... Just kind of be a fun dude to hang out with, I guess, if you're into that kind of hanging out. Uh, He's now becoming a law student, he says. And his quote that stuck out to me was, I bring a certain sex appeal that men my age haven't had for over a decade or most have never had. But I digress. I also bring a sharp mind, likable, joyful personality, one that can be both subservient when I need to be in a leader, when there's a vacuum of leadership I bring a strong set of physical skills. What is he, Liam Neeson? And I won't be the one whining and complaining. Well, I guess I shouldn't make Liam Neeson references right now. Apologies. In the end, I'll make them laugh when we're all having a miserable moment. So, yeah, he, he like you said, could be Tony, could be voted out first. I don't really know. He feels like a wild card, as someone with a name like that usually does. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you where he's going to fall. It's a crapshoot. Two more people, Ty. Then I'm going to force you to make your final three pick and prediction. Number eight on the Manu tribe, our sixth new person, Reem Daly. She's in, quote, sales from Ashburn, Virginia. Three kids and a husband, 46 years old. You mentioned there are three 46-year-olds. Lost her job just before coming on the show. Company laid off a majority of their sales force. So hopefully she's found a job by now since this was filmed last spring sometime. Why plan? She says that's how you lose. 
felt like a really classic survivor mom character to me, which is usually an unfortunate thing. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe she'll surprise us. Yeah, she... Um, the biggest concern that I had was that she talked about neighborhood security as a hobby and i can only picture like the crazy person driving around with a shotgun in their passenger seat like hey kids oh, you see anybody walk this way lately all right carry on like <laughs> i don't know if that's just like a cartoonish picture i have in my brain that makes me not like this woman but she just seems to me like she's not going to adjust well to life out on the island uh on the island. She also said words mean zero to me. Actions speak louder, which is like, is she going to trust literally nobody? I don't know how she's going to make alliances. I don't know how she's going to work with people. She she really scares me. I'm going to say that. I'm not thinking that she's going to go home early because I just think she's going to be so far out and away from everybody that no one's going to have a read on her, but I don't think she's going to be late game. She, I hope Damn. she surprises me. But she, Burn, Ty, burn. Yeah. I, <laughs> These are the takes we come for. She's one of the bottom, the bottom few that I could safely say I don't feel good about her chances. Yeah, the only reason I don't feel good is just because, like, when you look like a mom... Like, you just get typecast and out-ostracized so quickly on this show. Like, we've talked to Sunday about it. Like, it's just unfortunate, I guess. Mm -hmm. Or I don't even know what to make of it. But uh, we'll see what happens. There are three 46-year-olds, so maybe that'll help. Last but not least, another guy, another person in sales. 25-year-old Chris Underwood also has a girlfriend. (laughs) I feel like he's a bro but like a bro who's in touch with his weirdness. Cause he, he goes from talking about like looking for hashtag peace and presenting himself as a, a dive instructor to like, you know, talking about his mix of like Malcolm's charm with Rob's manipulativeness with Spencer's strategy with Ozzy's water skills. Like he, he just kind of struck me as a guy who like, views himself as a complicated guy but like and is interesting to listen to talk but also just kind of sounds like a bro and i i never know what to do with those people like because i I ended up liking alec a lot last season when at first i was like i'm not gonna like this guy (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah i think chris falls into that sort of alec style where he's really good at the game it's the opposite of sebastian i think sebastian and alec might have (laughs) been two sides to the same coin where one necessarily isn't that great and one is really great, but you don't get to see a lot of him because he doesn't say ridiculous things. I think Chris has a real shot at playing well if he can get in an alliance, but like this is more to the Manu tribe than it is to this season. I feel like they're thrown together a lot differently and a lot more diversely and like it just seems like there's so many different personalities that people aren't going to be able to bond. And Chris is just another one of those, like the Manu tribe. I I'm not down on the Manu tribe, like as individuals, but they just seem like no one's going to be friends with anyone or no one's going to be deep friends. And Chris 
he wants to be a winner. I mean, he was super successful moving on up in the sales world. He loves to cook. He He's willing to work hard and wants to be a team player. Uh, and, and I think all those things speak well, but I'm more worried about my tribe than I am for him. I like him. I I think he has a real shot, you know, in a in a maybe a different season, a different yeah, cast, yeah, something and like that. It's interesting the point you just made because I was gonna say like he is a young, strong guy, which is usually an easy way to just make it to the merge. Mm-hmm. But you're right, like just looking at the cast photos of these two tribes, like Kama is all very similar looking people. Well, they just and look like your typical survivor tribe, you know? You got the, the couple strong guys, you got the older guy, you've got the whatever neurotic girls, like, they look fine, and then you just kind of scroll down, <laughs> or whatever you do, and you look at the Manu tribe, and it's like, what a weird mismatch. They don't have the super macho guy, besides War Dog, they don't have... It's just odd. It's just an It seems like breakdown. a much more eccentric group, just on its face, mm-hmm. which... Makes me more excited to watch them for sure. But like we said, there's a lot to learn still. And we'll have to see like just how everyone presents themselves because that's all the information we have right now. So just to recap, the Manu tribe, the returners are Kelly and David. The new people are Big Wendy, Rick, the morning news anchor, <laughs> Lauren, the soccer player, Keith, the 19-year-old, Dan, the war dog, Reem, the mom... I guess, even though I hate to like do call that it, call myself. It neighborhood security. <laughs> and Chris Underwood. So, Ty, moment of truth. Uh oh. I hope you're ready. I, I'm, I'm fairly ready. Who is your final three out of this group of 18, and who is your winner? And, you know, I guess full disclosure, we're not really going to factor in the edge of extinction part of it because we don't know how to yet. Yeah. So just tell me, just just looking at it all, who you like in your final three and your winner. Uh, I really like Chris Underwood. I think he, like I said, I'm worried about his tribe, but I really like him. I really like Julia Carter. She was one that really stuck out to me as just someone who's out there for the right reasons and like (laughs) driven and like i just really want her to do well and i hope that gavin has the charm that like donathan had and i hope he's kind of able to do that which you know looking at it now i pick a 23 a 24 and a 25 year old so wait so i don't i don't know julia and gavin yeah i think i think chris julia and gavin and julia carter is my preseason winner pick. Hmm. What about you? What are you thinking? I, I feel like we're going to have very different choices in this. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I was very close to putting Julia in the final three, but I think just for the sake of competitiveness, I'm going to go the other direction on my 50-50 call here. And I'm going to say Victoria from the Kama tribe, along with Ron Clark, I think Ron probably would have been my number four. And Lauren, who I mentioned that I like, as the winner, beating Ron Clark, number two, and Victoria, number three. I don't know if I needed to get that specific, but that's my final three. I really like Victoria. I think she's just quirky and weird, and I'm almost rooting for her more than I'm betting on anything. I mean, (laughs) granted, it's just it's so hard at this point, but I like her. Ron Clark, I just, there's something about his, like, leadership that I feel like on that 
basic feeling tribe i feel like he can do well mm. and lauren i just was the was one of the only people i was like impressed by listening to so that's why i will go with her as my winner all right that's all she wrote literally all she wrote like not a lot of info was here <laughs> for us to take in uh like the normal hey, is. but we got a lot out of it and hopefully you did too go and Rate and review us on iTunes. Check out some of the season preview stuff yourself. We'll tweet some of it out from the On the Island Pod Twitter account. And get ready, because it's it's back, man. Survivor Season 38 is out starting February 20th, Wednesday night. Uh, hopefully this episode will be hitting your ears on Friday the 15th. If not, it'll be very soon after. So you have a few days to prepare let us know who you think is going to win. Uh, I always love hearing from people, especially you, Ernest. Can you hear me? Can you hear me do the chest pound on the mic? <laughs> we've missed you, bro. Yeah, we've missed you. I mean, I know he's listening to the Pixar podcast, Natural Selection, which you can find on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, but he is obviously much more invested in Survivor. So anyway, that's our Ernest minute. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the preview and... Uh, are excited for edge of extinction we are looking forward to seeing what it means and how it will play out but for now any last words ty i'm really excited i am pumped that survivor's back it's my favorite time of the year and uh i i really want to figure out these tribes so let's uh let's yeah, sit it's, back and it's enjoy funny. I, I get stressed out like preparing because i know we have to put together this long preview podcast but then like once we finish it, I'm just like, oh, hell yeah, Survivor's back. <laughs> oh, I'm so, yeah, I'm so ready. I'm so excited to start watching and recording and having hot takes and having lining guests. up our guests. Yeah, I was going to say, lining up guests, that's because that's always fun. So, so stay, stay tuned. tuned. It's going to be a we'll fun have season. Some <gasps> new f- <gasps> Did we just both say stay tuned at the same time? <laughs> did we just Freaky Friday? Is that a, did I just reference a different podcast? Sorry. We have new friends coming Old friends returning. Stay tuned for it all. It's going to be a fun year. Every Friday, hopefully, you'll hear from us. If not, I will update you on what the schedule will be. <laughs> on the island, I'm Taylor. He's Ty. Goodbye. survivor on the island i'm not good at making these things up as well. <laughs> that is uh, again survivor is about to change the way the game is played <laughs> in a world where survivors 38 seasons old we're doing something new in a world where the last season was actually really good it's time to throw something crazy at you for no reason <laughs> Ghost Island Volume 2 <laughs> Redemption Island Part 3 Heroes vs. Healers vs. Hustlers <laughs> Vs. Hurricanes Survivor Season 38 Is the world flat? <laughs> Hello! <laughs> we are back!